do this morning or visiting, we've been doing a study uh, entitled Insanity or Sound Mind, uh, or uh, Having a Sound Mind in the Insane World. And this has been a very good study. We want to continue that this morning. I want somebody to get for me 2 Timothy 1, uh, 7, uh, to read that. Dennis would like to get that. And the rest of you, if you'll turn to Romans chapter 8, uh, we want to uh, start our study through that that we're taking this morning. Uh, I had a little article that uh, I clipped out of the paper. This is... Uh, I can't remember if this was Dear Abby or Ann Landers. Either one of them are prophets, and so you always get profound insight. But uh, this is uh, pretty good. Uh, one of the things about the mind is that we've been discovering, you'll find over and over again, has to do with your uh, conscience. In other words, you develop uh, a conscience, and we uh, said uh, in an earlier study that your conscience is your self-testimony. You violate your self-testimony. Uh, you begin the beginning stages of insanity. And uh, if you repent, uh, God will save you and help you. If you don't, why it continues on until finally develops a schizophrenic personality. You're trying to live one life, and uh, your conscience tells you you should be living another. That's what happens. So this is called the man in the glass. You may have read it. I said when you get what you want in the struggle for self, and the world makes you king for a day, just go to the mirror and look at yourself, and see what that man has to say. For it isn't your father or mother or wife whose judgment upon you must pass. The fellow whose verdict counts most in your life is the one staring back from the glass. Some people might think you're a straight-shooting chum and call you a wonderful guy, but the man in the glass says you're only a bum if you can't look him straight in the eye. He's the fellow to please, never mind all the rest, for he's with you clear up to the end. And you've passed your most dangerous, difficult test if the guy in the, in the glass is your friend. You may fool the whole world down the pathway of years and get pats on the back as you pass, but your final reward will be heartache and tears if you've cheated the man in the glass. So there's a great deal of wisdom there. The problem is that self-deception causes that man in the glass to lie back to you. So uh, this is what we're dealing with in this uh, text. We uh, want to uh, we want to take our uh, key text. If Dennis will read that for Second Timothy, uh, chapter one, verse seven. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love. And of a sound mind, in many translations, uh, translate that disciplined mind. So we want to take up a new study this morning. Romans uh, chapter 8 is a uh, cliche that is uh, propagated by the educational world that uh, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. However, uh, there's more than just facts needed. Uh, this is the great weakness of our uh, educational institution today is that they intend to put facts in people's mind, but there's no moral element. Which Teddy Roosevelt says, if you, uh, if you uh, uh, take a bum, uh, he'll steal from the railroad. But if you educa uh, educate him, he'll steal the whole railroad. So the difficulty we have is uh, the business of a moral element, and we're seeing this played out in our, uh, in our society today in a, in a profound way. And uh, if you educate a person and you do not change his character, 
then you produce someone who's very uh, is a very uh, talented and able creature to uh, to foment their own uh, uh, difficulty in, the, in their moral element. And so the complex nature of man is expressed through the mind. It is the mind that engages the heart. And we want to understand this this morning. If you will uh, uh, take a look at Romans 8, uh, 5 through 10. I want to read that myself and uh, want to uh, ponder this. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Now, I want to lock your mind in on the statement to be uh, carnally minded, verse 6, is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We want to take our study this morning, the third study, the spiritual mind. Now, uh, to lay just a little bit of uh, groundwork, the Apostle Paul divides uh, uh, men into three classes. And uh, one is uh, suchikos of the senses. This is the uh, this is the natural man. This is the unregenerate man. We're going to work through this. Then there's the nematikos. This is the renewed man. He's spirit-filled. He's walking in the spirit in full communion with God. And then there's archikos. This is the carnal, or this is the fleshly man. This is the renewed man, but walking after the flesh. You'll find that in the Scripture, three different classes that Paul speaks to. And so we want to talk about, first of all, as we begin to discover the spiritual mind, we want the natural mind. Somebody in this section, get for me Romans 1.21. Who will get that for me? It's Bill Lamb. I want uh, Don Galati to get Romans 11.10. And then I want uh, 1 John 2.11. Bill uh, Brunson, I want 1 Corinthians 2.14. This would be Philip. I want John 3.3. And, and, uh, and 5 and 6. Somebody would like to get that for us is Alan. I want Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 is Pete Walter. And I want Ephesians 4, 17 through 19, which is Dennis. All right, first of all, let's uh, examine what the Scripture has to say about the natural mind. This is the unrenewed mind. This is the mind that, is, uh, uh, that bears the mark of the fall. This is the Adamic man as he has been cursed uh, and as he lives upon the earth, he uh, is uh, not regenerate, he is not saved, he's not born again, and uh, the Bible says he's in darkness, and he's the fallen man. This is the Adamic man. Romans one twenty one. Okay, there's a darkness that is upon the unregenerate man. This man is, uh, is uh, given to his appetites, as we'll find out, and uh, walks in his natural thinking ability, which is darkened. It is, there's no light 
that shines in and leads him into all the, the, the foul uh, uh, manifestations that we see in the world today. Romans 11, verse 10. Okay, here's the darkness. Uh, this is a, 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 a uh, phraseology that explains the mind when it is not uh, enlightened, it's not regenerate, it does not have uh, God's uh, 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 Spirit working in First John 2, verse 11. Okay, this is expressed, we're going to see, in the unregenerate, the unspiritual man, because unsaved man, fallen man, gives himself to darkness and not to light. 1 Corinthians 2.14 gives us a, a, a further description of the unregenerate and the unspiritual man. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. John 3, 3 and 5 and 6. Jesus said unto him, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Lock that in your mind. Most of you know that by heart. This is one of the key scriptures of understanding the faith of Jesus Christ. Uh, and five and six. Unless a man is born of the water and of the spirit. In other words, it, this is an answer to Nicodemus's question. Nicodemus said, can I enter back into my mother's womb and be born a second time? He said, "Except that's a natural birth. It's accompanied by water. But except he's uh, born of the natural birth and of a spiritual birth, he cannot uh, enter the kingdom of God. Go ahead. Two births. One's the natural birth, brings forth the natural man. One's the spiritual birth, uh, which are completely different uh, segments or elements. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, tells us what happens to the natural man uh, that is unregenerate. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. You walked according to the course of this world. The devil was uh, motivating, exploiting, and had an agenda. This is a spirit. This spirit works in all unregenerate men. Say, am I demon possessed? Well, I don't know. <laughs> You call the shots. The Bible says the Spirit is working in all unregenerate men. Go ahead. We walked according to the lust of our flesh. Whatever made us feel good, that's what we did. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. How many of you know the flesh and the mind can desire lots of things that we don't want to talk about this morning in this class? Go ahead. And we're by nature the children of wrath. Here's the natural man. 
Here's the natural birth. Is this, is, is this correct? This is what we're just saying. And so now we need uh, uh, Ephes- uh, Ephesians 4, 17 through 19. Gray hair is a crown of glory to be ha- uh, found on the head of a righteous man, uh, but if it be found on the head of an old fool, why it's uh, bad news. Okay, let's uh, let's go on for a moment. Let's lock in on the spiritual mind. We'll come back to discussion, and I want in this section Romans chapter eight verse six is uh, uh, Brian. I want Colossians one verse nine. Colossians one verse nine is Pete. I want First Corinthians two. 9 through 13, Paul Heinberg. I want 1 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16, Steve Hernandez. I want Deuteronomy 17, 18 and 19. Uh, Woody. So, uh, if you're going to have a spiritual mind, and so he writes in Romans, says, uh, uh, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. This is not only true on this earth, but it's also true eternally. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. So uh, that means that you're going to have a heavenly uh, orientation. That means you're going to have a, an eternal orientation in your mind. See, the, uh, the only time a lot of people think about God is when uh, the house catches on fire. Right? Some tragedy comes. Oh, God! You're in a foxhole. The bullets go over. God, if you get me out of this, I'll serve you the rest of my life. That's the only time some people really think about God. Uh, and uh, and really do give things. Some people never pray unless there's a disaster, and then uh, then they pray. But you see, uh, spiritually minded means that you live life with a heavenly orientation. You live life in in the view of eternal. You interpret life with an eternal interpretation, and so Romans eight six uh, gives us this this statement. To be carnally minded, the end of that is going to be death. So that'll answer your question, Alan, uh, because that's the conclusion of those who follow that pathway if they follow it to its logical conclusion. If they repent, it'll be a, it'll be a different outcome. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Colossians one nine. We pray, and our prayers are, that you'll be uh, filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual understanding. That, that scripture says a mouthful because it gives an interpretation of much that we've said so far. First Corinthians 2, 9-13, a long passage. Paul. Right here, Paul is writing. He said, "Eyes not seen, nor ear heard; uh, uh, neither is it entered into the uh, the mind of man the things that God has prepared for them that love Him." He's beginning to deal with a spiritual issue now. Go ahead. But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things. In other words, it's the Spirit that gives revelation, gives true discernment, and only the Spirit of God. Go ahead. Okay. 
Okay, man, uh, man is capable of uh, of uh, a system of natural knowledge. He uh, he discovers certain things. Uh, this would fit into psychiatrists. Psychiatrists can sit down and uh, they can lay out some things that uh, that develop certain mental processes, uh, which may be true. The difficulty is their weakness is they can't do anything about it. Go ahead. Nobody knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. You and I have the wonderful privilege of receiving not the Spirit of the world, 2 Timothy 1.7, God's not given us the Spirit of, uh, of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. We have the Spirit of God if we've been born again, and if we will allow the Spirit of God to have right of way, it will carry us into a different dimension. Go ahead. We might know the things that have been freely given to us of God. We're talking to you not in words that man's wisdom teaches. In other words, this is not the Elk's Lodge. The Holy Spirit must grab hold of our minds and lead us into the revelation that God wants us to have of heavenly and eternal things. It will change your total perspective. And 1 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16. All right, here's the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the Corinthians. He's writing to them to, to, uh, to uh, pursue and uh, the wonderful uh, blessings given to us that we can see uh, with, the, uh, with the Spirit of God. We can interpret life's issues with the Spirit of God. It's astonishing what happens to you when you're right with God, how you can see through things. Can you say amen? And you can understand issues. Uh, of life. Deuteronomy 17, 18 and 19. Here's the book, and we're not going to survive uh, because you have to fill your mind with this. This is not automatic. This is a lifestyle. I want now in... Uh, uh, in this uh, section here, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Somebody would like to get that is uh, Noel, Colossians 3, 2. Is Pete, Don Galati, Matthew 22, 37. I want Matthew 16, 23. Uh, Dennis, if you'll get that. Matthew 16, 23. This is not automatic. This is a lifestyle. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Your call is to bring your life uh, like as to the altar of God and present your entire life as a living sacrifice. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is a process. That does not happen automatically. It means the potential is there. The Spirit of God wants to bring that, but it does not happen automatically. You're not going to get that. 
Uh, if you spend all your time uh, in, uh, in, in trivial pursuits or worse, you fill your mind with garbage, uncleanness, uh, reading uh, uh, hogwash, uh, viewing uh, putrid uh, films. Uh, if you do that, you're not going to pre be presenting your body a living sacrifice to God. Nor is your mind going to be transformed. It will be conformed, and your thinking will be the thinking of the world. Colossians 3.2 Set your thing, uh, mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. This doesn't mean, as we said before, you shouldn't uh, think about taking care of your family, uh, taking a bath, uh, going to work, uh, any of these things. But it means that your orientation and your affection and your love is towards eternal things, not uh, the things of the world. Matthew 22:37. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with your mind. See, your mind has to be engaged. See, this whole generation has disengaged their mind. They're living on emotions. This is feel-good religion. They want to go where somebody makes them feel good. They don't want to go where they hear the truth. They want to go where somebody pumps up their ego, makes them feel good, tells it lies to them, tells them to be a millionaire. That's the will of God. Everybody ought to be a millionaire. That's where they want to go. But you see, we serve God with our mind as well as our emotions. If you're going to serve God with your mind, that means you're going to have to fill your mind with something besides what the world has to say and its interpretation of life and its orientation. Matthew 16, 23. All right, here's Peter. Uh, Peter is uh, there. Jesus said, I'm going to go to the cross, and, and uh, etc. And Peter said, not so, Lord. You're not going to do that. Peter is a miracle worker. He sees miracles flow out of his hands. He's been with Jesus. He's in the inner circle. Peter, James, and John went up the mountain, on and on and on. But, uh, but, uh, but when Jesus says this, it doesn't fit into with, with, with Peter's agenda. He can't grasp having followed Christ for three years, and all of a sudden now, he's telling him, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to die. I'm going to go up to Jerusalem, they're going to crucify me, and they, and they, no, 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 not so, Lord. And Jesus turns to Peter, one of the, one of the uh, star disciples, and said, get behind me, devil. You don't savor, you don't, you're, you're not locked into, you're not, you're not talking about the things of God. You're thinking, you're talking about, you're not mindful of the things of God. Your orientation is what your agenda is, what you prefer, and uh, what makes you feel good. Very profound scripture right there. All right. So the Christian mind is a, uh, is a spiritual muscle. Think of that now. The, the spiritual mind, the Christian mind is a spiritual muscle, and it helps us to live a holy life, but it has to be exercised. See, I, I, I have no doubt I'm talking to people that haven't read a chapter in the Bible for six months. Not all of you, thank God. But you will not... Exercise this muscle unless you apply it. See, you, you'd, be, you'd be insane if you were trying out for the Olympics and uh, I caught you in training and I catch you in your, uh, in your workout room and you're moving your finger like this. What are you doing? I'm training for the Olympics. What are you, you going to do? I'm going to run the 440. Right? 
then what makes you think that you're going to reach the big Olympics? And you're not going to exercise this spiritual muscle. You'll serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Say, listen, uh, Pastor, I'm uh, the Diamondbacks, uh, the rattle, what are they, rattlesnake? What are they? They're some kind of... Uh, that's, uh, you know, what score they had last night? You know, how many games they've won? You know, who's pitching? You know, who cares? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, to tell you what, the investment, you know, if you had done in Bradstreet, is, uh, and they've, you know, they got me in there, and I invested in these stocks, and, you know, if you do this, you can make a million. But so what? So you can only do one thing in life well. Say, well, look, uh, Pastor, uh, you know, I work hard. You work hard, don't you, Doug? I work hard. I, uh, you know, I need, I need some, I need some recreation. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do anything bad. But I, you know, these videos, uh, I know there's some boob shots in them. But you know, I don't believe in the boob shots. I, you know, I close my eyes and those come on. And so, don't kid yourself. You're kidding yourself. Hey, what, what are you doing? I'm training for eternity. That's what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, eternity, yeah. Look at this, man. See this? Well, eternity. No, you're kidding yourself. Okay. Ephesians 4, 22-24. I uh, want in this section right here. Somebody get it for me? I got all those others. Okay. Pete Baker. I want uh, 1 Peter 1, 13. Quickly. Somebody help me. Is uh, uh, Leah? And Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 7.25. Uh, 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 Sean, if you get that, we're going to just stop right there. And so, uh, uh, spiritual muscle, Ephesians 4.22-24. You put off concerning the former conversation, that word would be interpreted uh, uh, properly, walk, or your conduct. You put off... Uh, pertaining to your old, uh, conduct, it could involve your conversation, couldn't it? Okay, go ahead. It is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. What you were doing before you got saved is corrupt. It rots, it stinks, it smells. It's like the garbage dump. Go ahead. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You put on the new man. It is created in righteousness and true holiness. Okay, so what does man think about before he's saved? What does he think about? Dennis? Uh, Rob? Money? Sex? An appearance. That's pretty, pretty straightforward, isn't it? Oh, no, not me, Pastor. Yes, you. That's what you dominated your life before you're saved. And if it still dominates your life, then we have right to call into question whether you were saved. Okay. First Peter one three, one thirteen rather. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. He uses a imagery from their everyday life. It literally means to prepare your minds for action. When they girded up their 
their, their, their loins. They were either in a fight or a race. They had a girt. They'd pull up the skirts of their garments, tied around their waist, left their legs free and unencumbered. And so what he's really saying is, you prepare your minds for action. Ecclesiastes 7.25. I prepared my mind to know, and so your mind is a muscle. We've got about three minutes for input and questions. Three minutes. Uh, is it bare?